Thank you for checking out the Faith City Church Podcast. We believe that you'll be blessed by today's message. So last week, I preached this amazing message. Wasn't it, was. it awesome? I'm just, I'm just, I'm, but as I was speaking last week, it's like <laughs> you, you came up afterwards as a pastor. I literally almost jumped out of my seat and came up, and I just had some stuff in my heart to share. And I'm yeah. like, dude, what is it? You said... Well, if I can have the pulpit next week or the table. And I said, yeah, let's do it, man. Not exactly. But you did say, hey, why didn't you come up? And I'm like, well, the Holy Spirit was checking me on some stuff. Because, you know, we want things run decently and in order with excellence. Amen. Yeah. Uh, But that gives us today. It gives us today. The preludes for... What's going to happen maybe in Easter when we start a new series? Yeah, out of Speaking context. on context. Mm-hmm. So uh, today, man, the, the Holy Spirit has been working on me on the pretext, the pre of the con for what's coming next week. That's good. A- anyway, anyway, um, I, I am excited. Uh, there was a few things that you mentioned last week in your story that h- how many love receiving something at church? Yeah. How, how many look forward to getting those nuggets that my wife doesn't like that term, but those few <laughs> things that, that you can put in your pocket and actually pull out and use on a Thursday evening yeah. or use on a Monday morning or use when you have a flat tire and you're on the side of the road. You know what I'm saying? Life or, application. You know, yeah, yeah or use beautiful. when you're on the beach and you forget how nice the sunshine is. Yeah. How, how many times do we need to be reminded at the end of August, when we're hitting 92 degrees of February, and it makes us appreciate August a little bit more. Sure, sure. Come on, somebody. Yeah, that's good. Come on. That's good. But last week, you know, I'm just sitting in my chair, soaking it up because there's no pressure on me. I'm chilling. Pastor's up here, and I'm, le- I'm just an open book, ready to receive. And he said a few things right out the gate that I just couldn't get past. How many remember the story last week of the guy with the vineyard? Yeah, Noah. Is yep. he coming back? Oh, Noah. I was going to yeah. quiz you on his oh, name. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> What's the father's name? Noah. I Noah. had all the answers. Sorry. Right. Well, you know what? You know what Noah did? Noah made some choices that I thought, in my opinion, were bad choices, uh, which led to him cursing his children. Yeah, right. And I struggled with that. But I looked at what led up to cursing his children. I'm like, he cursed his children. Why? Well, he, he got naked. I'm like, what? I'm like, well, he got naked. Why was he naked? Well, he got drunk. And I'm like, hold on. His, his children were cursed for generations? Come on, somebody. His kids were cursed for generations because he made the choice to get naked? Maybe he didn't make that choice. The wine made it for him. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah, when it's, he one, got, it's one thing to have a drink, but it's another when well, the drink has you. Exactly. You go so far that, it, yeah. Nothing so wrong choices. with having a drink. Sure. But sure. 14? Right. I cut it off at 13, always. Well, 24? Yeah. So, you know, he made these choices, and, and I wanted to dive into choices a little bit today. Yeah, that's good. Uh, I really wanted to uh, maybe embellish on what's right without love. I'd like Ooh, to talk about that a little good, bit man. today. Tear it up. Oh, all right. All right. Well, I didn't even give you a chance to talk. 
You know, I'm going to bring you up in a little bit. I'm going to quiz you, Pastor. We'll, we'll have you return. You know, um, choices are important. I, I talk about choices. I talk about your journey. I talk about there's no one like you. You are unique. No one can replace you. You are needed. These are things that in your mind you have to believe. I can't believe them for you. You have to understand your importance. This, this, and this is, this is all around you knowing your identity. And this is huge for us at Faith City. Bottom line, know who you are. Because when you know who you are, then you know how important you are to him. You know how much he loves you. These are things we need to be reminded of on the daily sometimes because they're not always on the tip of our tongue. How important you are. Just like mid-August when you're sweating it out. And you're like, man. That's why, that's why I said a few weeks ago, remember what it's like when you go on vacation? How exciting. And you say, man, if I could just sit here on the beach and drink matais and, and iced tea and lemonade... This would be the life. Well, how many know those people down in Hawaii, they don't even go to the beach anymore. Oh, they don't even go. That's not exciting to them. They're over it. They've already experienced that. It's It's not exciting. Sometimes we need to be reminded of who we are, of who we are to him. I want to dive into a story. You know, I, I look at who Noah was and the choices he made, and I'm like, okay, Jesus, you know, at the end of pastor's message last week, I don't want to end on a drunk guy. <laughs> what would you learn at church? <laughs> oh, honey, this week we're, 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 we're getting drunk and naked, and we're going to curse our kids. <laughs> Woo! Well, no, talk about out of context, right? Out of context. But, you know, Jesus said in the end, he's like, I'm going to treat you as though that curse never even happened. And I said, Jesus, that's what I need. I need to be reminded more of your goodness, reminded more of who you say you are and who I am to you and who you are to me. So I found another story, and, and we're going to break into this. This is John chapter 8. Um, are there kids in here? Oh, okay. All right. There's it. Yeah, instead of naked, maybe we'll say nudity. Is that better? No, we're just going to leave that alone. We're going to leave that alone. John chapter 8, I'm going to read through this story, and then we're going to hit on maybe a few items I would like to amplify instead of saying nuggets to maybe something that you could take home and use on a Thursday evening. John chapter 8, starting in verse 2. Early in the morning, he came again to the temple, he being Jesus. All the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery. And placing her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. 
Now in the law, Moses commands us to stone such a woman. So what do you say? This they said to test him, that they might have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger in the ground. And as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And once more he bent down and wrote on the ground. But when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones, and Jesus was left alone with the woman, standing before him. Jesus stood up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. Woo! And he said, Neither do I condemn you. Go and from now on sin no more. John 8 to 11. Wow. You know, we didn't have any fast songs this morning to really get my sanguine going. So I was struggling there with a little bit of verbiage. Ah, woo. It is powerful. Uh, that end is powerful. Um, I do, I do want to, let's touch on this a little bit. Early in the morning, you know, you're, you were early in the morning. Can, can you say that you came from your house to the temple? Sure, we could all say that. Uh, you know. You got dressed, you got ready, you, you basically came from your house uh, to the temple where back in this time, Jesus would have showed up and it says sitting down because it was custom that the teacher would sit and everybody would just gather and they would talk and he would teach them. How awesome is that? Well, it's kind of like what we're doing today. Except I am not Jesus, praise the Lord. And... Unbeknownst to everyone sitting here, children, women, the scribes and Pharisees brought in this woman. Uh, A lot of scholars say that uh, it was right in the midst of the act they grabbed her and brought her right to the temple. Whether she was set up, they were here to try to set up Jesus. They were here to try to set up Jesus and throw a loop in his system. So we're chilling like this, and all of a sudden, ushers and, and dignitaries from the church, basically these scribes and Pharisees, I'm guessing are some of the scribes that are actually in temple and some of the Pharisees that actually teach in temple. Follow me? They bring this woman in who some scholars say right after the act, they brought her in, she had no clothes on threw her at the feet of Jesus. Now, what I do want to look at, I want to look at the pace of the scribes and the Pharisees. The the speed of maybe their judgment. The speed of how they're viewing this story, right? And how quick they're being. They're being quick. They're, they're, they, they come right in, they grab her, they take her right to temple, they throw her at their feet, And they asked Jesus to catch him up. The law of Moses says we stone her. What do you say? What do you say? What do you say? You ever been nagged on by your kids? Dad, can we get some ice cream? Dad, it's hot outside. Dad, can we go to Dairy Queen? Dad, I need 21 flavors. Dad, (laughs) dad, dad, no, no. Dad, dad, I get the chocolate stuff. Dad, can I get the eyeballs on my ice cream? No, no, I said no. Don't yell at your kids. Too late. Too late. Wow, let me catch up. 
These guys are being quick. They're being quick to judge. They're moving right in. What do you say? What do you say? You know, sometimes us as Christians, also known as the church, we're known for being a little judgmental. We're known for being quick. Pastor talked about it last week, the innies and the outies. Sometimes we're known for taking people and, oh, you can be in our group. No, no, no. You, that shirt, that's so 1912, you are not in our group. Oh, I'm sorry, 2012, that's what I meant to say. Um, we can be quick to judge, quick to put people in categories. Like, like, I'm not saying us in this room. I'm saying the church as a whole. Like Pastor says, sometimes we get a bad rap. Sometimes that's brought on upon ourselves. Did I tell you I love you guys this morning? Did I tell you, not, not only that God loves you, but I love you. I love you. I thought this would be a little hard this morning. Because it feels like I'm smashing some toes. You know what? Sometimes we need to be reminded of that negative 10 degrees in February in order to enjoy that August weather. I'm not saying we need to be reminded how bad it is. But I'm just saying, if there's one thing you learn today, that's what I want you to learn. I don't care if it's from me, the Holy Spirit, something I say, something he shows to you. Do you realize that this is way off the notes? I noticed. Mm, I noticed uh, this week that I took time away from my family to study so that I could share with you this morning. That's big for me. And pastor does this on a daily. You say, oh, that's your job. No, it ain't. No, it's not. But that's how much I love you. And I want to see you change for the better. So if there's one thing, you hold on to that one thing. You know, sometimes Christians, we are quick to put people in their place. How many have heard the phrase, if you want to spread some information, you can telephone or you can tell a Christian? Man, I've heard that my whole life growing up. Uh-huh. Yeah, I know you've heard it too because you're laughing. I've heard people say, even some of my friends, oh, I went to church, and all they taught me was how to judge people. Ouch. Man, my toes just got smashed. And I say, who are these people? <laughs> who are these people impersonating Christians? Are you kidding me? Who are these people? This is not what God the Father has for you. How can, how can I... How can I encourage you and how can I prove to you that what these people say is not true?
But is it true? Man. Being right. No, you know what? I'm not even going to get ahead of myself. Not yet. Oh, I've heard it. You know, some of us quick to judge in this story, acting more like the scribes and Pharisees instead of like Jesus. And how many know that our goal is to be more like him? So what did Jesus say? She gets thrown at the feet in front of the family. They point the finger. Moses said, what do you say? What did Jesus say? Let's take note. He didn't say anything. You know what he did? His posture changed. He went down and started drawing in the ground. Now, if you've been around Christianity, Christians, or the Bible bookstore for any amount of time, you know there has been a lot of books written about the mysteries of what Jesus wrote in the sand. There's been a lot of preachers preaching on what Jesus wrote in the sand. All I got to say, if he wanted you to know what was wrote in the sand, it would have been in the book. We aren't even going to go there. Because to me, that's not important. I'm not going to assume what he wrote in the sand. But what did he do? His posture changed. His posture changed. He went down and wrote in the sand so long that the scribes and the Pharisees, they got irritated. They continued to ask him. Continued. Almost to the point of badgering him for an answer. Can we go to Dairy Queen? Can we get some ice cream? You know how it is. But what did Jesus do when he bent down? He slowed the scene down. These guys were being quick. They were going to judge her. They were going to stone her. It was going to be quick. It was going to be over with. And he slowed everything down. Slowed it down. Let's regain our thoughts. Let's figure out what's going on here. He slowed it down. So slow the guys got impatient and continued to demand an answer. Mm. James 1, be slow to speak, quick to listen, slow to anger. Taking it right from the book. Slow to speak, quick to listen, slow to anger. See, here we have the truth. Why would we wait if we know the truth? Why would we wait? We're speaking truth. Do we realize that the scribes and the Pharisees are quoting Deuteronomy correctly? Oh, this was a nugget for me. I put it in my pocket. Notice Jesus does not tell them that they are wrong. Nor does he say the law is wrong. They have done their homework. They would have had the Torah and all these scriptures memorized verbatim. This is what Moses said. Jesus never states. It's not what the law says. He never argued that point because they were right. They are right and still wrong. These guys are quoting a law which in the spirit of the law is love. Understand what I'm saying. In the spirit of the law is love. And using that law to execute a woman. How many times have I jumped into a conversation? 
How many times have I, have I stumbled across people talking or I've been talking with someone? And just because I know the right answer, just because I know the law, just because I know the truth, just because I have the scripture memorized, and because we know all these things, we're quick to speak and pass judgment. Thinking what? Thinking the truth will back me up. I got good news for you, brother. You're going to hell. What? You kidding me? Who are these Christians saying these things? This guy right here, I've said it in the past, with good intentions, because I was speaking the truth. The spirit of the law is love. And somehow we have lost the spirit of the law and carried out the letter of the law. These scribes and Pharisees, myself included, other preachers and teachers and Christians, at times have left out the very ingredient that humanity was made, love. And honestly, I believe this is the greatest reason why our friends and family, society itself, as a whole, have rejected the church, have rejected the Bible, have rejected the truth, rejected Jesus, and rejected God himself. Because we've left out the ingredient that matters most, love. Jesus never spoke the truth to anyone he did not love because he loves all. That slapped me right in the face. I said, yeah, of course he did. He's Jesus. Who am I trying to be more like, the scribes and Pharisees or be more like Jesus? Is it worth being right? Man, which tells me, all this tells me, I need to be more like Jesus. If you don't love, you don't speak. Wow. How dare we speak the truth to people we don't love? Because if we do, they will hear from those of us that claim to be Jesus' followers. They will hear judgment and law. And how will they feel? Holla back. They will feel from those of us that are Jesus' followers, they will feel the stones that we are throwing at them. Speaking the truth is not the goal. Being right is not the goal. Being right without love is the same as hurling stones. Being right without love is the same as cursing your kids. Mm. Question for myself. Why do we have a need to be right? 
We don't got time for that today. You can ask me that sometime. Jesus, what do you say? What do you say? You guys quote the scriptures to a T, but you've missed it. He without sin throws the first stone. They all left. He said, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, no one, Lord. And Jesus says, neither do I condemn you. Go from now on and sin no more. He wants to tell you that, that to you this morning. Neither do I condemn you. Neither do I condemn you. Some of us have heard that so many times, it just kind of glazes and goes over, and we don't even know what's happening. Pastor, you want to come up? I would say, I would ask this question also. Is sin the problem? Is sin the real problem? See, we don't struggle with sins we did months ago because we have distance and time. Follow me now. Distance and time away from those sins. Remember back in the day when we had testimony night? Brother Tim would get up and grab the microphone. I just want to praise the Lord. He delivered me from my sin back in the 80s. Woo! We'd all shout, take a couple laps around the sanctuary, bang on the keyboard and the drums. Why? Because we have time and distance from the 80s. But what happened if Brother Tim would get up and grab the microphone and said, man, the Lord delivered me from my sin last night. Man, we'd all swallow hard and be just, somebody needs to get the microphone away from Tim. <laughs> he don't even know what he's talking about. He's crazy. Why? What if it was this morning before church? That's good. So we Why? Hold on. Let me hit okay, this. this is, okay. God, I know you're know you jumping. Up I know. With the I, microphone. Maybe I asked you too soon to okay. come up here. I'm just kidding. You know, we'd all freak out. Why do we not believe him? Because without distance and time, we have no proof of his deliverance. Although this woman being moments from her house to the temple, just moments from sin to the temple, just moments removed from her sin, Jesus says, neither do I condemn you. Just moments ago, this is how much I love you. This is how much. Neither do I. Is sin the problem, Pastor? It depends on what we're asking, I guess. This I mean, is, is, is sin a problem? Well, yeah, sin is according to what Scripture says, but I think sometimes we get this concept and idea, Pete, that sin is sins, what we do. But the sins come from sin, hamartia in the Greek, which is means means to live outside of your true identity. So is, sin's a problem when you live outside of your God-given identity. Say it. And so I believe that it's like anything, you know, if something hurts your children, you don't want them to participate in that. And God's the same way. But I think sometimes, now I'm almost getting ahead of myself because I'm going to talk about this next week and out of context. Pretext. Yeah, but we get this idea that 
sin is the wedge between us and God. Think about this. All through history, if you just want to take scripture, God never left humanity. He was always there trying to work his way in. But see, Paul even tells us that we're enemies of God in our mind. It's like the creation story. Adam and Eve ran because the sin living outside of their identity caused them to believe that God was now the enemy, but God never was the enemy. That's right. In fact, in the midst of their sins, which came from sin, not seeing who they truly were anymore, mm. God came to them and he clothed them. He did. He covered their shame instantly. Why? So he could be okay with them? Uh-uh. So they'd be okay with him. And get this. I'm going to go a little further with this. This is cool. So God offers the first sacrifice and he covers their shame. Why? Because they thought that their own skin wasn't good enough. And then Jesus, some thousands of years later, God comes in the form and he clothes himself with flesh to say, your flesh, your skin is okay. Mm. You've seen it wrong, but it's okay. You're living outside of your true identity and who you truly are and the things that you do, it comes from that. But I made you okay from the beginning. Mm. And my way of seeing you has never changed. So align yourself with how I see you and you'll do different actions. Mm. Does that make sense? It's that good. Romans 8, 1, my last verse. There is therefore now. Come on. There is therefore now no condemnation from those who are in Christ Jesus. Now. Did, did Jesus take care of our sin? Yeah. How, how, how many years ago? Thousands. Thousands. Well, in fact, it says the lamb slain before the foundations of the world. So now we're getting outside oh. of some time thing. Anyway, I'm just saying. Now now we're messing with with heads, aren't we? Anyway. (laughs) I'm good with messing. I like messing. Let's stir the pot a little. But but here's, it gets even better, Pete. If you look at some translations of the verse, it says, uh, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. You know, that wasn't in the original text. Whoever translated that took verse four and put it up. This is why. It can't be that good. It can't be. It can't There's be that gotta good. There's got to be something that I add to it in order for it to be okay. But that's what we do. We're always trying to, to I mean, from Adam to Moses to whoever it is, we're always trying, okay, what do I need to do to somehow elevate myself and put myself to a place when God says, I've already put you there. Awaken to the truth of who you are. If you want to stop sinning, if you want to break addiction, awaken to who you truly are. Listen, I'm all about, if I screw up, I'm all about being sorry for it, but me being super sorry doesn't forgive me. I'm already forgiven. The more that you see that, the more that you'll walk and act out life differently. Mm. That's powerful. In fact, this is so cool in the mirror translation. Let me read this. Read Romans it. 8.1. It says, now the decisive conclusion is this. Say, is this. What's is the conclusion? This. In Christ, every bit of condemning evidence against us is canceled. What if we walk life like that? Jesus, that's, 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 that's what he said to the woman who was thrown before him. He says, every bit of evidence against you is canceled. 
But take it back. It was already taken care of. It's taken care of the foundations of the earth. Mm-hmm. So even in the midst, in the midst of your sin, there's no condemnation. Can you believe that? That's powerful. Can you receive yeah. that for yourself? Not, not, not after 1 John 1, 9. Not after time and distance. Not after you're able to forget about it. Even in the midst, it's already taken care of. And Pete, get this. He says to her, neither do I contemn you. Go and sin no more. And we've taken that message into stop sinning. Just stop doing the wrong stuff. But what if Jesus was saying this? I don't condemn you. So now go and no longer live out some crazy misdiagnosed identity. Live out who you truly are because right. this is who you are. I'm calling you something other than you see yourself. You are not a prostitute. You are not someone who gives themselves away like this. So go and live out who you truly are. Yes. It wasn't a threat. It was a promise. I say that all the time, don't I? We can read scripture as a threat or as a promise. Yes. But that's a promise of who it you is. are. And this is why identity is so important. Knowing who you are. Knowing that you're not living out of sin nature. Living out of sin consciousness. You're living out of who he created you to be. And when you understand who he is, he, he already knows who you are. We're trying to retrain this thing. Daily. On the daily. Amen. Yeah, you know, it's, I don't know who said this, but it's a pretty powerful statement is that as believers, we need to stop living sin conscious and live Savior conscious. Makes a big difference. And that's why, Pete, here, we're, it's not about telling you how bad you are or preaching against all the stuff you're doing wrong. It's preaching to that, I like what Jamie says, man, it's, it's not calling out sin in people, it's calling out the Son. Because when you show people who they truly are, they'll make different decisions. They'll realize, wait, I was built for something better than these decisions I'm making that are hurting me. God hates sin because of what it does to us, but he loves us. So live out that true identity. It's beautiful, man. It is. Will you pray for us, man? I will do that. I will do that. Thank you, Father God. Whatever we do today, Father God, whatever we say, we need to and have to on purpose. Jesus, help us. Do it and say it with love. We want to be more like you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for tucking these thoughts into our minds, into our heart, into our consciousness, that we can use these things on a Thursday evening, a Tuesday morning, a Sunday morning. Thank you that your Holy Spirit brings love into our life, that we are Father conscious, we are love conscious, We dwell on these good things of your goodness and how good you are. And we understand it more and more. I thank you for everyone that took time out of their Sunday to be here, to watch online, Father God. I call us blessed in everything we put our foot to, everything we put our hand to. Thank you, Jesus, for being in our lives, touching us, loving on us. In Jesus' name, we give you praise. Everyone said, amen. 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 Slow to speak. There you go. Quick to listen. Slow to anger. Let's be quick to love. Amen.
For more information about Faith City Church, please go to faithcity.tv. As always, we pray that you would grow in the knowledge and grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.